Good morning. Sunday morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful Northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live show that we bring you guys every single week to give you our facts and analysis, drive through all of the propaganda, the lies, the worst White House press administration to have ever existed to get to the truth, bring you guys the facts, give you our analysis, have a little bit of fun and just make some sense out of this world. So you don't feel like you're taking crazy pills. And wow, this week is, uh, this week is a doozy. Um, (laughs) it's, oh my God, it is, um, one of the most fun and one of the worst weeks I've ever experienced when it comes to trying to make sense of a story. So for this show, um, obviously we have to talk about the Chinese balloon that traversed the entire United States or, you know, throughout the, uh, just cut a nice line across the United States, uh, and Biden did nothing. Uh, we also have to talk about more interesting developments that have come out of the classified documents scandal of what Joe Biden was hiding in his garage and oddly the amount of really in-depth information Hunter Biden seemed to have with his business partners around the same time uh, that he was, you know, at the house where the classified documents were. I think you guys can get what I'm inferring and obviously several other fun news stories from the week to make sure that the Chinese balloon doesn't distract us. (laughs) So that's actually the first thing that I, uh, I want to bring up. Um, I absolutely understand uh, the penchant for a lot of people to worry about distractions, right? Um, And it's a thing that commonly will happen to us on social media, like on Twitter and things like that, is we will start reporting about a story. And then we will get a lot of listeners that are like, oh my God, don't be distracted by this. Uh, Biden's just trying to hide from X or from Y. Don't let this distract you. And I, I totally understand. And I'm not trying to ridicule these people. I get the worry. I think it's a legitimate concern, but I want to let everybody know I can, in fact, chew gum and walk at the same time. Because maybe it's silly, but I get so annoyed by that when it's like, this is a big deal. Don't tell me not to talk about it just because you're afraid that somehow that equals me not being able to talk about something else. So maybe that's a little silly for me to say. It's just I happen to have a lot of messages that I had to go through this morning where people were trying to tell me that I don't need to be distracted by this balloon thing. And I'm like, well, it's kind of a big deal. So to summarize and drop right into the big story for the show, there was a Chinese Spy balloon, as far as we can tell, there was, let, let, let's let's back it off a little bit and let's just, you know, start at just the baseline facts. There was a balloon <laughs> that China has said was theirs. They claim it was a civilian balloon. Uh, most everybody else claims that this obviously had some sort of military asset capability, intelligence collection capability, and it was first sighted by civilians 
in Billings, Montana, and reported on the news on Thursday. And then we got to see the subsequent reactions where the Biden administration came out and said that they're monitoring the situation. That was the official line that they were not going to shoot it down because this could uh, endanger the civilian population or cause property damage. And then we watched the balloon fly over several U.S. states until it was off the coast in South Carolina yesterday, where it was finally taken down by the United States Air Force. There's a lot of questions because there was a news story that came out from Bloomberg either Friday or Saturday that stated, oh no, it's okay guys. The Biden administration knew about this on the 28th of January, which for those of you who aren't sure, that was a week ago Saturday. So that means from Saturday to Thursday, The Biden administration was aware, at least according to Bloomberg, was aware that there was a Chinese balloon in U.S. airspace and said nothing about it and presumably did nothing about it. Presumably. That's what we don't know. We don't know what the response was to the balloon. By the DOD during this entire period where they supposedly saw that it was coming over into U.S. airspace and to and between then and when people saw it in Montana and they were forced to acknowledge that indeed it was there. Right. So essentially, we, we if they are to be believed and they knew that this balloon was in U.S. airspace, they deliberately did not inform the American people of it for some reason. Now, we did get a statement uh, late last week where Joe Biden wanted to sound tough, and this is what he told reporters when he was finally asked about this balloon that was flying over the United States. Briefed on the balloon, I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit. They successfully took it down and I want to compliment our aviators who did it and we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. Thank you. So this is what's confusing is that this is what uh, I've watched the liberal like uh, propaganda machine go into overdrive on this. And it's been actually somewhat entertaining, uh, trying not to get frustrated by it because, you know, when you watch people openly lie and then watch other people repeat the open lie, it gets really upsetting. Mm -hmm. But I want you guys to understand what he just said. I ordered the department of defense to shoot this down on Wednesday. On Wednesday. I told them to take it down when it was safe and what have you. Okay. Right. So you ordered it taken down on Wednesday, the day before most of us found out about it, right? Unless my timeline is off. But I'm pretty sure we heard about this on Thursday. But regardless, okay, he ordered it to be shot down. And then uh, a lot of people are saying that it was General Mark Milley, Miley, that advised Biden not to take this balloon down. Now, here's what's interesting. I can't, 
I can't hear somebody say that Mark Miley said, don't shoot it down until it's over water and not remember that when Mark Miley was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under Donald Trump, he said, I would warn China if Donald Trump ever ordered a strike against them. I can't not think about those two things together. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said he would have warned an adversary if the president of the United States ordered a strike that was, you know, obviously supposed to be clandestine. And at the same time, he's telling the current president of the United States, oh, don't shoot down the potential intelligence collection and surveillance balloon. Don't do that. Let's wait until it's completed its mission and is over the Atlantic. True. I mean... I'm not suggesting that Mark Miley might be compromised by the Chinese, but I'm not crazy for thinking it's a possibility, am I? Certainly not. Certainly not. At the same time, Biden says, well, I got briefed about it on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Okay, well, wait a minute. Because we have a Bloomberg article that says you knew about it all the way back on Saturday. But you're saying now that you were briefed on it on Wednesday. So hold on a second, because remember, in this whole timeline, when we found out about this thing being over top of Billings, Montana, it was a matter of hours and it was like flying over Missouri. So hold on a second. Did the Biden administration not know about this? Because it was already within U.S. airspace for days. Potentially, or at least it was over Canada. Supposedly it was sighted over the Aleutians days before. Well, I mean, isn't aren't the Aleutians U.S. airspace? Yes, U.S. airspace. Uh, it A lot of the reporting talks about, oh, it entered U.S. airspace on, what was it, Tuesday? When it was drifted over Idaho from Canada. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, the timeline on this, it's easy to not it's easy to get confused by the way the timeline's being reported i mean it looks like days before on the 28th so saturday january 28th the balloon starts a controlled drift whatever that means into american territory entering alaskan airspace near the aleutian islands Mm -hmm. so supposedly january 28th this balloon enters u.s airspace over the aleutian islands drifts all the way across and then on saturday was it saturday they blew it up yeah, and then on Saturday, February 4th, it was blown up. Okay, so you said January 28th, it was sighted yes. over the illusion. That's correct. Illusions. Joe Biden is saying, I was briefed on this on Wednesday. Uh, well, here's my little tracker. On, on Wednesday, it made its ways to the skies of a billing Montana. Mm-hmm. That's when the story really broke, was on Wednesday. It seems to me like if the Department of Defense knew about this balloon on the 20 on the 28th when it entered alaskan airspace they kept that information to themselves potentially from the president if biden's to be believed Mm -hmm. and they were quietly watching this balloon not informing the president until wednesday now you said something that's very notable in your sentence there which is until it we didn't hear about it quote until it was reported right Additionally, the United States maintains an extensive radar, uh, early warning radar installations all over, say, Alaska. 
mm-hmm. watching for ICBMs. Now, I'm not 100% sure that they would pick up a balloon like this, but I feel there's at least a possibility that U.S. early warning radars should have picked this up long before it entered U.S. airspace on, let's say, the... Okay, if you extrapolate backward its supposed rate of movement across the United States, January 28th, it it's sighted over the Aleutian Islands in Alaska, and then by the 3rd, it's all the way over, or rather, by the 4th, rather, it's over South Carolina. That means it was probably entering U.S. essentially early warning radar detection range probably on, like, the 25th. Mm-hmm. Right. M- mostly... Yeah. I'm and I, again, this is all hinging on U.S. early warning radars along the coast of Alaska could pick up this balloon, which I'm not 100 percent sure they could. But at the very least, it means that if this supposed timeline we're being told by the DOD is supposedly true and supposedly people saw it. Uh, it uh, OK, according to this is the New York Times, according to the New York Times, at first it appears the two that appears that United States Northern Command began tracking the balloon on January 28 over the Aleutian Islands in Alaskan airspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northern Command believed it to be just another one of China's light probes around the edges of America's defensive borders. Okay, much like how the Russians will routinely send bombers right on the edge of American... Uh, airspace and things like that, sort of testing America's defenses. Right. I can, so I can understand why they maybe kept that secret as well. We mm-hmm. don't want the Chinese to know that we detected their balloon on the edge of U.S. airspace because that then betrays what the range of our radars are. Right. Yep. Sure. But then it kept drifting inward. <laughs> and it seems rather bizarre that they would then brief the president days later. Especially when... One of the reasons, one of one of the suppositions that's been made by the press is the reason why Biden didn't make a big deal out of this, even though they knew about it for days prior, was that they didn't yeah. want to interfere with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's visit to Beijing. Sure. So and, you would think, and, and yeah. sorry, real quick. No, no, go ahead. Like, play it through. So... The Secretary of State is about to have an important meeting with the President of China. I feel like the DOD would, through its chain of command and ability of reporting, would be able to connect the two dots of Chinese balloon enters U.S. airspace, continues on a path and trajectory that is somewhat suspicious, Secretary of State's going to go to Beijing. This is something that is necessary to report to the executive level. Because of, of course. course, what you're what you're saying here, it makes sense. Like you can't report every little bit of intelligence. I mean, you can, but it would just inundate, right? So you have to figure out, you have to have a priority. You have to have your priority intelligence requirements. And when reporting on those, what we call PIRs, you have to look at like, the holistic approach to intelligence to figure out what the best thing is to approach or to, to report. Well, obviously we're about to go to China. We have a big contingent that's going to go. The secretary of state going and meeting with the Chinese president is a very big deal internationally. And the military gets briefed on those things. They are aware of those types of activities. It's part of the geopolitical structure. 
So an air balloon from China coming into U.S. airspace would hit at some point in that level, not at the analyst level. They're just going to be like, this thing's happening. And then it goes up to the command. Then the command would just report it as part of their normal. There's someone likely at the Pentagon that would go, oh, shit, these two things connect. We need to report at the executive level because our secretary of state is about to go to this country that is currently violating our airspace. But- once again, I will remind you, President Biden claims wasn't briefed until Wednesday. That I'm maybe I'm sticking on that too hard, but I think that that's extremely notable because first of all, it could be a lie because it's Joe Biden. But at the same sure. time, if it's true, it still doesn't make Biden look good. And that's actually going to be a bigger part of what we talk about with this entire situation is no matter what they say, they look terrible. But there's a comment. Um, there's a comment from Colleen that I want to cover real quick, which is what if we were able to collect what they gathered, maintain an intel source or take it out? I have a right. very strong opinion about this. And, and let me explain because I don't I don't want anyone to think I'm insulting them because that that is a true thing in intelligence. Alan and I were intelligence analysts, like maintaining a source is a very big deal. And it's a thing that like you want to do. And, you know, routinely we've had it where Intel sources have been burned for whatever reason. And you just have to accept that sometimes tactical action is going to burn an intelligence source and you just have to deal with it. I totally understand that feeling. I totally understand that approach. Here's the problem I have at zero point. Can I make the rational? Well, sorry, real quick. I think that this is a bullshit excuse that is being used by the Biden administration to try to make themselves sound smart after a massive scandal. So I'm, I'm going to start there. I think okay. that it was a massive scandal and this whole, oh, but we were able to gather such super great intelligence off of it. And that's why we let it traverse the whole United States is a lie. I think it's an excuse that they made up because that didn't happen until after that was ne that was never part of the narrative until people started getting really pissed that they weren't doing anything. And it's sure. now part of it's now been injected into the narrative as when they finally shot it down and all of the Democrat propagandists got, you know, got their talking points and their, you know, memos sent out. Now they're going, Dark Brandon won so hard. These dumb Maggie, MAGA idiots, you know, hating this balloon. We were able to get such the goods intels off it. Well, I'm not ridiculing people for suggesting it's a good intel source, but would you be comfortable if the U.S. military said, we allowed this base in Germany or in Poland, let's say, we allowed this base in Poland to get attacked by Russia and kill a bunch of U.S. service members, but man, we have such good intel on their tanks and missiles now. Is okay. that an acceptable? Like, uh, do, do we I'm run play, operations that way? I'm going to play devil's advocate with you on this. Sure. It'd be the similar to be saying, hey, the enemy has a radio relay site situated out here or mm -hmm. a visual observations post that is watching an American. Uh, the Taliban has a has a guy watching Americans on a base and right. he is radioing that information to insurgents. Do you kill that guy or do you let him continue his job? 
well, there is a this. case to be made for allowing <laughs> that guy to continue his job so that the enemy doesn't know that you see them and know where they are. Totally understand. And we've done this. Like you and I have made that call. Right. We've, now, we've made see, that call. And I, but... I would argue that because this, say, balloon was not actively posing a threat, it's not destroying your base, it's not killing Americans directly. I could understand a case where you would say, well, we're going to let this thing drift over, especially initially, pretend we don't see it, and then either jam it, feed it false information, or collect information off of it, because if it is a, say, a collection, a intelligence collection platform, it might be transmitting that data back, and it is po could be possible that you would then be saying, like, well, we can now track the information it's sending, know where, say, Chinese military communication satellites are that are communicating with this thing, tap into that feed, you know, possibly break their encryption. It is at least understandable that you would let this thing drift over your country because the threat it essentially posed is less, isn't as bad as the information you can gain from it or the misdirection you can feed the enemy. That so is giving the DOD a lot of credit that maybe they and maybe not they do. The problem is because that entire operation would be very secret, because it would be dealing with intelligence sources and methods, mm -hmm. they would never acknowledge that that's what they were doing. Now, what, to your point about they only afterwards said, well, we're just getting information off it and we're doing such a good job. It is possible that the DOD was initially either collecting information off this thing, jamming it, doing something that actually was a responsible reaction. The administration initially didn't want to comment on that because it would betray this intelligence collection effort, which they wanted to keep secret. But the but then the Biden administration, after seeing how all of these dumb right-wingers were outraged on Twitter, <laughs> essentially burned that intelligence collection mission in order to make themselves seem smart as a sort of ham-fisted response to being to the claims that they were doing nothing. Right. So so to to that point, let me let me play on that a little bit. So number 1, to own the cons, if yeah. that is the case, then the entire intelligence collection mission has been burned because yes. the Biden administration admitted to it. But number 2, to accept that that premise from the Biden administration, not yours, I understand what you're saying, but to accept yeah. that premise from the Biden administration, I have to also accept that the Chinese military is completely idiotic and has zero uh, forward deployed collection mechanism. And the reason why I say that is the minute it hit Billings, Montana and was on the media, the Chinese would have assumed that the capability was burned. Oh, yeah. most And, and potentially that's, <laughs> I mean, that's why the administration also feels comfortable. It's like, well, we, we no longer can, the intelligence value of the mission is now compromised because this has been released to the general public. Yeah. So yeah, now there's higher. no, there's now no, uh, we can now get a win off it by saying, well, we were collecting intel off it and the danger to your intelligence source essentially is mitigated because the source is already burned. Well, and explain this to me though, like why wouldn't your reaction be, not that you have to defend Biden, I'm just, you know, we're, sure. we're, we're just playing sure. it through, but why wouldn't your reaction be Okay, it gets cited in Billings, Montana, it hits local news, it blows up all over social media, everyone's talking about it. 
So you obviously know that the Chinese see that they, they see that they're on Twitter, you know, <laughs> yeah. they watch our but, news. Yeah. Okay. So the intelligence capabilities burned, take it down. You've gathered all of that intel on it as it traversed, right? For those days that maybe nobody knew that you were there. Maybe China isn't able to see uh, your aircraft or, your, or whatever, and you're able to pick up uplink, downlink, whatever, um, and, and get the capabilities of it and get an idea of what's going on here. Awesome. The minute that it gets reported by media in Billings, Montana, zero way you don't assess that the Chinese saw that and that the capabilities burned, and then you take it down. If you did that, and this is the whole thing is you had days to forward plan this. You had from Saturday to Thursday to forward plan this. So why wouldn't there be anyone in the room with the DOD or the Biden administration that said, if people see this and the minute that this becomes public knowledge, the capabilities burned because the Chinese aren't going to trust anything that's fed from this asset because they're going to know we know about it. We take it down. And the worst case scenario there is people go, well, how long did you know about it? Why didn't you say anything? And that's not very common because let's be fair, even though, yeah, there's contentious politics and partisanship and whatever, you can just go to the House Intelligence Committee, Senate Intelligence Committee and say, we didn't say anything about this until it was publicly reported because it was an intelligence collection mission. And literally everyone on those committees is going to go, oh yeah, that makes sense because that is completely logical. But they right. didn't do that. Right. I think and they that didn't what, have that plan. And I, that seems impossible to me. So something that does seem very incongruous about this is the fact that it was allowed to drift across the entire United States before it was shot down. If you were if you were running an intelligence collection mission in secret on this balloon as it drifted across the United States, as soon as it hits hits local news in Montana. It should have been shot down. You yeah, would basically done. say, well, we're going to shadow this thing and have assets ready to blow it out of the sky at a moment's notice. As soon as it hits the news and the Chinese now know that you know about the balloon, it gets shot down. Well, yeah, and then, because then your response would be, in order to protect that collection mission, you could have kept that collection mission totally secret if you said, we were surprised by the balloon and had no idea it was up there. And as soon as we saw it, we shot it down. Now all of the intelligence you've collected is secure and you get the win of shooting it down immediately and dealing with the threat. Right. But they didn't make that choice, which is very curious. If they were collecting intelligence off it, why did you then let it drift across the, United, the whole United States? Because now it's in the totally in the open and there's nothing left to hide about this balloon. And shoot, the, the Biden administration can say, could even have gotten a win of saying, haha, we now know this balloon is there. And while it drifts across the United States, U.S. electronic surveillance efforts are going to be forensically examining this balloon at, from 60,000, you know, from planes at 60,000 feet to learn everything we can about Chinese capabilities. Or, and then they shot it down into the ocean, which is also <laughs> kind of weird. The I, We know that they lied about shooting it down over, quote, populated areas. It was discovered over Montana. No one lives in Montana. Yeah, like, you could have shot it down at any point, almost at any point up there and been almost 100% sure it was going to hit anything valuable. Yeah. <laughs> the fact I mean, that they let it can cross the rest of the United States. Additionally, 
if you sh if you, if intelligence collection is your primary concern, once the Chinese once it hits the news, the Chinese know that you know about it. Shoot it out of the sky over when it's in a place that it's recoverable, mm -hmm. and then grab it and do an investigation on it. Shooting it down over the ocean would seriously complicate any kind of recovery effort to see what kind of technology it was carrying. Yeah. That those that those two things I find very odd about the whole scenario. The fact that they let it cross the whole United States and then they basically shooting it down over the ocean and then saying that it was because it was a danger. That means it's not just a radio relay or a, you know, sig signal intelligence collection platform or something like that. If you're saying it's a danger to people, what the heck was on board it that was a danger? Because it, if it's it's lightweight, it's a balloon. It should mm -hmm. just be if it's a intelligent if it is a Chinese intelligence collection or electronic warfare asset, all it is is a bunch of batteries, solar panels, and antennas. Right. That shouldn't really be that big of a danger. You could shoot it down over Montana, and then it's and then you could collect it, and then you could investigate it. Shooting it down over the ocean almost seems to indicate that there was something on board that either was very dangerous or you didn't want to recover it or something that it just that part doesn't make much sense mm -hmm. i think getting lost in the weeds on why it was up there and what the response was there is a lot of debate about that sure yeah but the idea that they let it drift across the whole u.s after they saw it and then shot it down into the ocean and then claimed that they did that for our safety that seems very bizarre based that that seems like a very bizarre choice that i cannot explain i can maybe explain why you would let it drift into us airspace i can explain why you wouldn't shoot it down immediately i can't explain why you would shoot it down over the ocean after it crossed us airspace and then claim you were doing that for everyone's safety right well and th th but that's the whole idea is like you know, it's uh, we were doing it for safety because it could have come down and caused property damage. You can calculate that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, also do we not have Montana. math? The value of recovering the the value of recovering the intact technology on board, even after it fell to Earth, the value of recovering that would be more would be more than oh, it fell and hit a cow. <laughs> Yeah, because it falls in the ocean and you can't recover it at all. Right, right, right. No, I mean, it's like, it, or at least if that's the case, then I have to be giving a much more complicated answer of well, they shot it down over the ocean and a U.S. submarine was on standby with a bunch of divers, and then they could. It, that's that, starting if, to seem a little, but it's like, but if why go through that length when you could just shoot it down over the ocean? The, the Chinese it, already know that you know about uh, know about this thing. Right. If to 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 that point though if they come out and say you know because people are going to be asking about this recovery right and if they come out and say well we had a u.s submarine on station and blah 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 it's like okay so you could do the math and see where it was exactly. going to fall so you couldn't have done that over a cornfield in montana or wheat field or whatever the hell they grow in montana you know like you couldn't have done that through empty montana could not that was impossible you had to wait till it was over the ocean but you can do the math to catch the damn thing with a sub yeah that's a little weird it, like it, i said it's a little strange you see how like that's the whole the, the whole wild part about this thing is we are getting zero legitimate actual 
thing like statements that make sense. It sounds like I'm not here's the problem. It sounds a lot like the Biden administration had zero idea that this balloon existed before it broke on the news on Thursday. It sounds a lot like the DOD and the Biden administration are playing catch up because they were surprised. That's what it seems like. That seems impossible. It seems impossible when I think about our early warning radar capabilities, when I think about all of the ways that we would have been able to detect this, all of those situations make that seem impossible, but the reaction from the administration sounds an awful lot like an administration and the reaction from the Department of Defense sounds an awful lot like they had no clue that this was actually here until it was reported in Billings, Montana. Because if they did, their responses would have been better. Their responses would have been far more coherent. Their responses would have made way more sense. And there's zero, there is absolutely zero consideration that I can give that the response from the United States wouldn't have been from any rational human being who gets briefed on this. You know, sir, Mr. President, there's a uh, balloon and it's traversing. The uh, Chinese are saying that it's a weather balloon and it's a civilian aircraft. Our our guy in Beijing, you know, we're talking to him and you know they don't want you to touch it. They say it's an accident and whatever. Like it seems totally normal that that conversation would be. The president of the United States gets on the phone with who the hell ever in Beijing, possibly even President President Xi, and says, listen, there's a balloon and it's floating over here. You all are saying it's an accident. And they go, oh, yeah, our bad, whatever. And you go, okay, but just so you understand, I have to take this thing down. Like, there yeah. is zero way I can let this thing get into my airspace over my country and not shoot it down. And the Chinese would go, well, yeah, I mean, duh, of course, of course, you're going to have to shoot it down. Of course, you're going to have to, because every leader in every country would make that exact same decision, except for Joe Biden. Sure. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is what we do want to cover, too, is the weird reactions, because I don't want people... One of, one of the biggest problems that happens on things like this that happen o only over a matter of days and are huge news stories is we get a little lost in the sauce of the current now thing because we just discussed it. It's a, it, it is a good conversation to have, but what we're reacting to is what the Biden administration is saying now, but what were the Biden administration and the propagandists and the media and the Democrats, what were they saying before? before it became the dark Brandon is such a hero. Okay. And for mm -hmm. those of you that don't know, could you explain this dark Brandon thing yeah. you've mentioned a couple times? Thank you. <laughs> You're right. So there was a meme and Alan may have to, cause he's cooler than me. He may have to explain it a little, a little bit better, but there, there was a meme called dark Brandon. And it was something that was making fun of all of the people that tried to make Joe Biden seem tough. So the right wing would make these hilarious memes of dark Brandon, because, you know, the whole let's go Brandon thing that became a, a fun part on the right where people would make that joke. And then they made dark Brandon. And it was all the times that the left tried to make 
Joe Biden seemed like he was super tough, even though he's like a bumbling idiot. And so they yeah. created this almost like a comic book character of Dark Brandon. And it was supposed to be a mockery of how obsessive and pathetic the propagandists uh, on the left are of trying to make somebody as feeble as Joe Biden seem tough. Well, because the left can't meme, they stole Dark Brandon and turned it around. And they're trying to use it as like Dark Brandon anytime they try to make let me phrase it this way. Anytime they try to make Joe Biden look tough, but really their intention is entirely to try to own the cons, they say dark Brandon. Everything that the left is doing is to combat uh, people they disagree with. So like, yes, they're supporting Biden, but it reveals that their actual intent is, I just want to piss off all the right-wing people who are saying mean stuff about dear leader. So they say dark Brandon as basically a, a raz or an insult against um, right-wingers. So there, and I'm saying the reason why I keep mentioning it is all over Twitter, all of these verified accounts and these liberal journalists and everybody are making the comments of dark Brandon got a win. Like these dumb idiots upset over the balloon. He shot it down. He collected all the Intel because dark Brandon's the man. That is a real thing that you will see all over social media today. Right. And so this Dark Brandon meme got started on Twitter by people on the right that essentially was doing, um, pointing out as if it, how funny it would be if Joe Biden was actually a sort of Manchurian candidate for the right. Uh, a lot of this started with the uh, abortion ruling, where the first time I saw it was essentially a picture of Joe Biden with a telephone uh, saying it's like, yes, your holiness, we've we've gotten abortion because because he's Catholic. It's like we've gotten abortion banned and, you know, it's like something else is next. The dark, hashtag dark Brandon as if, you know, his he's really the like better right wing candidate. And it was kind of this and it was funny because it, it's like it was a funny joke of he's actually the uh, the savior of the right that trump never was because he's doing all these things it, it was it was a funny lampooning of joe biden and it is interesting to see the left adopt it under because uh, and essentially i think confuse it with you know joe biden's doing a really good job and is a you know scary effective leader right because well number one nobody believes that like right. truly but yeah, number yeah, number two, it's it's the whole the left can't meme thing. They're they're taking something funny that the right wing did, and then they're like, "That's mine now," and you're just like, "Okay." And it's it's always like boomers doing it too, which makes it even more weird and annoying. Certainly. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit about how because understand like we've seen every reaction to this from. Democrats, and we're going to get a little bit deeper into it. But here's a story uh, that came out from the Daily Wire. So you know that this is YouTube approved. Um, that's now the caveat I have to give every time I read a Daily Wire article. Um, you know that this is approved by the uh, <laughs> by the Trust and Safety Board at YouTube. Uh, top Democrat lawmakers mocked people who were concerned about the Chinese spy balloon that was attempting to surveil the U.S. this week by downplaying the seriousness of the threat. An F-22 Raptor 
took out the spy balloon with one air-to-air A9X Sidewinder missile that was fired at an altitude of approximately 58,000 feet. The decision to shoot down the spy balloon came after President Joe Biden allowed the balloon to fly thousands of miles over the continental United States during the last several days. Democrat lawmakers wasted no time mocking and attacking those who were concerned about communist China surveilling the United States. Quote, I hope everyone understands the performative unseriousness of shoot the balloon down Twitter. Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat of Connecticut, tweeted, quote, it's not real. It's all theater. A few hours later, after the balloon was shot down, Murphy added, quote, see all better bedwetters. Representative Don Byers, Democrat of Virginia, who had who had a staffer fired last year for allegedly being caught spying for communist China, also downplayed the seriousness of China spying on strategic sites in the continental United States. Quote, great news for my Republican colleagues. They can stop panicking over about a balloon now, Byer tweeted. Senator Chris Van Hollen, Democrat of Maryland, attacked those who were criticizing Biden for not shooting down the balloon much earlier by claiming they were effectively helping China. Quote, no foreign power can violate our sovereignty. He wrote in a now now deleted tweet, quote, I applaud at POTUS for his order to shoot down China's spy balloon in a smart and safe way. Fine to ask tough questions, but those already playing politics with this only serve the interests of our adversaries. Oh, no. Biden tried to take a victory lap over the weekend after the spy balloon was shot down, claiming he, quote, ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. But that decision was made not that the decision was made not to shoot it down over land because debris could cause damage when falling to the ground. U.S. officials were reportedly, quote, well aware that the balloon had crossed into American airspace on January 28th and that it was over Idaho on Tuesday, but decided not to inform the public and not not upend secretary, uh, not inform the public to not upend Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's diplomatic trip to China. So the first reaction from the left was, oh my gosh, uh, all of these MAGA idiots are so worried about a balloon. What a bunch of losers. What a bunch of faux outrage. What a bunch of crying bedwetters, right? That was the first reaction. Certainly. Then it was, well, we can't shoot it down because it would be unsafe. And Joe Biden is being safe. He doesn't want to hurt people. And a bunch of dumb MAGA people just want to go shoot rifles at it because they're stupid. And they don't understand that it's like a bazillion feet up in the air, practically in outer space. It was basically 60,000 feet. Um, right. So that this was that that was that was the next claim. Now the claim is it's actually good that we didn't shoot it down because we're so smart and intelligence collection. We are literally seeing every reaction possible. But the most interesting one, and by the way, no, now one thing that I want you all to notice is how partisan all of this was made. Mm-hmm. So this is this is just a big deal nationally. It's a big deal nationally because an asset of a foreign government that is hostile to the United States 
was in our airspace. And then it was literally flying. I have a friend who was able to take pictures of this outside of her home. And so it's a pretty big deal nationally. But notice that the Democrat reaction to this, because of course the president's going to get blamed. The president gets blamed all the time. That is part of being the president of the United States, right? Sure. But understand what it was the what was the first reaction of Democrats and the media and liberals on Twitter to all of this was to make it about politics. Mm-hmm. An asset of China is flying over the United States and they're going stupid, stupid MAGA MAGA. Stupid, stupid Republicans. They are making it, they are making it uh, uh, about partisan warfare. They are making it about my side versus their side. Are you kidding me right now? Think yeah. about that. Be- the only reason why they reacted that way is because it made Joe Biden look really bad. So what it, what was what was their intent here was we have to make this about us versus them. That's how you know that this was bad for Biden. That's how you know that this was a big deal. That's how you know that they are ashamed of all of this and the poor reaction and the cowardly reaction to it because their reaction was, we have to make this us versus them. It wasn't, well, maybe it's a good intelligence collection opportunity for the United States government. No, it wasn't that. It was only stupid, dumb, drooling, Confederate flag-waving magatards care about this. That was their reaction. But that wasn't the only reaction that they had. It went even deeper. Mm. Do you know what the new thing is? What's that? Instead of trying to figure out any real good information like Alan did for all of us on this program just now, instead of doing that, the media found an anonymous source from the tr- oh. supposedly from the Trump administration who claims that, well, actually Chinese balloons flew over the United States when Trump was president. We never heard about that before. That's neat. That was never reported. Like you, first of all, if I need for me to believe that I have to believe that for whatever reason, the most hostile media to a president ever decided not to report that. That is kind of surprising. You want me to believe that the liberal media who leaked everything about Donald Trump and a deep state who leaked everything potentially even slightly embarrassing about Donald Trump didn't report that. You want me to believe that they didn't report that. To include Representative Eric Swalwell yesterday saying, actually, Donald Trump let a bunch of balloons from China fly over the United States and never did anything about that. How come you weren't mad about that, Republicans? Uh, Eric Swalwell was on the House select committee on intelligence there's zero way that if this happened eric swalwell was never briefed on it there's zero way that that happened zero they Hmm. receive intelligence briefings regularly in that committee it is part of the separation of powers that the intelligence community briefs congress as well as the president there are very few things that the president of the united states is allowed to know about in intelligence now let, well let me let me make sure that i'm accurate here sometimes the president of the united states gets intelligence briefings beforehand and is able to 
monitor and conduct operations without the approval of Congress. But the Congress will always receive a post brief. That is part of separation of powers. That is part of oversight. Okay. So Eric Swalwell never knew about this, or he's lying now, but he never knew about this. You're telling me the House Intelligence Committee was never briefed on any of that. We would have known. Basically, what I'm trying to drive at here is we would have known about that. There's zero way we wouldn't have known if that happened. It didn't happen. Now, to prove that it didn't happen, the director of the the director of national intelligence under Donald Trump came out and said, this never happened. I never heard of this before. Hmm. Additionally, Richard Grinnell came out and said, this never happened. I've never heard of this before. Several Trump officials have gone on record and said, this never happened. I never heard of this before. So I have to accept that they're all lying, which of course the liberals will say they are, but I also have to accept that the liberal media for some reason felt no need to report it. That is really curious. But understand that there was a massive effort by the left to go, we need to get any information somehow that claims that Trump did this too, that Trump ignored balloons too. We have to, we have to make this about Trump. Isn't that insane? That is pretty weird. So, I don't know. It, 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 I think it's revelatory. Now, this is just my personal opinion, and I understand we can war game this all day. I don't think the Biden administration knew. I think that they were surprised by this. I think that most of what we're hearing about it is a lie. And I think that they got surprised by it. And one of the biggest problems that I'm having now is all of the claims that were made because all through Twitter, watching all of the uh, sycophants for the Biden administration explain why it couldn't be shot down was the elevation. We kept hearing people explain the elevation of the balloon made it impossible to shoot down. In other words, for those of you who are playing at home, we told the Chinese that we can't take down a balloon. We yeah, just we told take it down. The, that we did end up taking down. So I guess that's the question. Could we and we didn't, or can we not? And we just communicated to the entire world that if you send up a balloon high enough, we can't do anything about it. Well, we clearly can shoot it down because we did shoot it down. It's whether we can detect it in time uh, to deal with the problem before it's over U.S. airspace. That's really the question, is was this balloon detected? Bef- was this balloon detected, and then why was the why did it take so long to shoot it down? If it was not detected, that is kind of a scandal and demands a U.S. response. Like, we need to change how we do security uh, uh, of the United States, how, how the early warning radars work. There is a strategic vulnerability that may have just been exposed by this balloon incident. Mm-hmm. Or we didn't have the capability to shoot it down and guys were scrambling to find a way to retrofit a Sidewinder missile to shoot this thing down. Now the balloons, I've, I read of something, I don't know what's veracity, but it described balloons like this can be a very hard target because there's nothing for a missile to impact against. Sure and so can. like, and I could, so I could very much, giving the DOD the benefit of the doubt, 
the reason it may have took so long to shoot it down, and potentially the reason you might have waited for it to get over water was because you had to specifically modify a Sidewinder missile or any missile in inventory. You had guys scrambling to modify one to detonate just right to blow this thing out of the sky, and you were worried that that wouldn't work and the missile maybe would careen through the balloon or past the balloon, uh, sort of, and hits hit something on the other side, you know, miles away that you didn't intend. That makes, that's reasonable. Again, what's hard is there is the information coming from the White House does not help us to, does not help assuage my concern that they somehow screwed this up. Right. Again, it, it's not, I wouldn't even demonize the DOD that badly if it was, hey, this balloon just, absolutely penetrated U.S. airspace and all our defenses because our defenses were have been entirely designed to focus on ICBMs and aircraft. They were never designed to track something like this balloon and the Chinese just exposed this vulnerability and it's good we know so we can make some changes. That's totally reasonable. Hey, if one of these balloons even gets sighted, we can't shoot it down. We just realize that's another big strategic vulnerability we have and now we're taking steps to address it. That also would be fine. Maybe that is happening, but the administration's response, and especially the response of people in the government to make this a left versus right issue, is very curious. Because it almost seems as though the administration and the sort of political media class suddenly became very paranoid that this was going to jam damage Joe Biden's reputation. And... I'm curious if that betrays that they knew something we didn't, that this was something that they should be embarrassed about, and they are trying to get ahead of it by politicizing it so much that no one focuses on what actually was something that is very worthy of criticism of the administration. Well, and that's what bothers me so much is if you watch this administration and its reactions and how, how it behaves... This is entirely a PR presidency. The only thing that the Biden administration cares about ever, ever is headlines. We we screwed up the withdrawal in Afghanistan because of a date on a calendar. I need right. people to understand that. The reason why things were so messy during the withdrawal in Afghanistan was because Joe Biden demanded that we be out of Afghanistan by September 11th. So on the um, twenty uh, on, on the twentieth anniversary of September 11th or twenty first, Joe Biden would be able to sit there, pat himself on the back, and say, "I ended the Afghan war." That was right. it. The the whole reason why all of it was so rushed and messy and and bad was because Biden refused to delay the withdrawal because he wanted that date. He wanted that date for the headline. Everything right. this guy does is driven by how the headline's going to look. And it's the same thing with this damn balloon. Definitely. It's insane. Well, and, and the fact that they lie. We never know what's actually going on. Just like, just like all of the debates that we just had over this balloon and everything else, just like that, it's the same thing with the classified documents scandal. 
we were told that Joe Biden magically found uh, classified documents at the Penn Biden Center. And they immediately reported it to the authorities and the Department of Justice. We found out this week that was a lie. He didn't, they didn't report it to the Department of Justice. They reported it to the National Archives, hoping that the National Archives would go, oh, geez, yeah, that's not good, and then take the documents. But the National Archives was put in a really rough position because they just made this massive deal over Trump because Donald Trump and the National Archives, if you all remember, were arguing about the veracity of certain classified documents. Trump said that he was able to keep them. And the National Archives were saying that, no, you could not. That was an argument and a debate that was happening between Trump's lawyers and the National Archives. And then the National Archives went to the Department of Justice and screamed until they raided Mar-a-Lago. So the National Archives was put in one hell of a position because they're like, well, crap, we have to report this to the DOJ or literally anyone on the right is going to be able to point at this and say, oh, so the National Archives are absolutely partisan and garbage humans. So they had to report it to the DOJ. The only reason why the DOJ ever found out about classified documents at the Penn Biden Center was because the National Archives had to report it. Oh, and then they found more. Oh, and they keep finding more. But we're continually told by the press secretary and by Biden's propagandists that, well, he he self-reported. He self-reported. What are, what are you telling me? He self-reported. No, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't self-report anything. And they keep finding more in more weird places, in office buildings, and in garages, and in, in his library, and in multiple homes. Yeah. He's not self-reporting. Somebody let it slip that he had classified documents. And now that people start looking only because they have to, because they went after Trump for the same thing, only because they have to, they, they keep finding more and more boxes, boxes that he had, not just when he was vice president, but when he was a senator. And there's certainly zero excuse for being able to have classified information at your home as a senator. There's actually zero excuse for you doing it as a vice president. Just so you all are aware, none of this, none of this, none of these are classified documents from when he was president and had declassification authority. Right. All of this is actually illegal, undebatably illegal. So one of my questions would be, why would you be holding on to these documents? If you knew this, all this was illegal, why were these, what, what would be the reason you'd have these documents there? Well, I'm really glad you asked this question. I have, I have a potential suggestion, a potential answer, um, that comes from red state. Uh, this was written by Bonchi on the 3rd of February. A newly revealed email is raising serious questions about Hunter Biden's business dealings and what kind of access he had to classified information. Joe Biden is currently embroiled in a scandal surrounding his illegal possession of classified materials going back to his days in the U.S. Senate. The email in question dates to 2011 and provides the president's son attempting to sell intelligence on Russian oligarchs. The New York Post has has the report. From the New York Post, 
Documents dating back to 2011 on his notorious laptop from hell showed Hunter Biden offered to sell intelligence on Russian oligarchs to the U.S. aluminum firm Alcoa Incorporated for $55,000. As his father served as former President Barack Obama's second-in-command, Hunter Biden offered to provide, quote, a statistical analysis of political and corporate risks, elite networks associated with Oleg Deripaska, the Russian CEO of Basic Element Company and United Company Rusal, which had just signed a metal supply agreement with Alcoa. Hunter Biden also offered the company a, quote, list of elites of similar rank in Russia, map of Deripaska's network based on frequency of interaction with selected elites and countries. The deeply detailed proposal has come under sharp scrutiny given the recent revelations that Hunter Biden had access to the Delaware lakefront home where secret papers from his father's time as vice president were discovered in a garage basement, uh, in a garage, a basement, and a library, combined with Republicans taking control of the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Why? So they could sell it. I mean, it like that's that's it. Like, why does he have all of this? Because he was selling it. Because Joe Biden's a foreign agent. Yeah, I mean, I, the idea that they're they're doing all these corrupt business dealings all around the world, and they are maintaining a cache of secret information that helps them perform all these corrupt business dealings and manage this sort of empire, shadowy empire of corruption they have going doesn't surprise me it's the same okay it's the same thing as hillary clinton keeping this cache of classified information on a server at her house i'm certain that the reason they were holding on to all of this classified information from the was they were essentially using the u.s intelligence community to gather in seek top secret on secret information that they then could use to further their own corrupt business dealings that's like that would be that's my view on where and how all this originates. Hillary Clinton was was probably tasking the intelligence community to get her information that would help her launder a bunch of money through the Clinton Foundation. Biden was probably using the intelligence community to generate intelligence reports that he then took and used to fund to help set up and manage all of these corrupt business dealings with Hunter Biden, the Chinese, etc. And this does also link back into this idea we have of this sort of intelligence deep state that is using the U.S. intelligence apparatus to help all of these Democrats and Republicans do all of this nonsense. I mean, I don't know, uh, like we can, and then there's people like Jeffrey Epstein, who is heavily tied in with all of these corporate business leaders, all these politicians, and a bunch of the global intelligence community. Mm-hmm. And so there are these links between all between the groups like the CIA, NSA, the U.S. intelligence community, all of these high profile American politicians that are running their own kind of secret corrupt scams and the private sector and groups like the World Economic Forum. Like there are these links there and the intelligence communities of the United States and Britain, specifically the Five Eyes Partners seem to at least be compromised somehow that they are feeding into this entire sort of scheme. 
Well, and and it gets even weirder because, you know, we, we talked last week about the FBI agent who was arrested uh, for attempting to for receiving money um, for receiving money and trying to get the political opponents of the, the Albanians and, and all this other nonsense. But it what it really, truly looks like is the FBI went after this FBI agent because they thought that there might be some sort of Trump Russia connection and accidentally tripped over Hunter Biden. That's certainly how it seems. Because what we're finding is like, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of Russian names, right? And we're seeing a lot of other random names. And so it would make sense that the FBI thought, oh man, if we take this guy down, maybe we'll be able to show that he was like, um, you know, gathering intel for the Ruskies um, and he's really like a Trump dude or something. Who knows? But unfortunately, there's more connections to Hunter Biden than there ever are about Trump. And in fact, there's a lot of names that really seem to float around in a lot of the a lot of the information that's being revealed either directly or tangentially about a lot of this information. For example, the guy who funded Zelensky's entire acting career, who go, whose name is Kolomoisky, and funded his run for president. Yeah, and funded his run for president. Uh, his name suspiciously comes up a lot. Now, what I mean by that, his name or his influence comes up suspiciously a lot. For example, Kolomoisky is an owner of Burisma, who was paying Hunter Biden $83,000 a month to do something. Right. And... By what we're seeing from some of these emails coming out of his laptop, which, by the way, he has confirmed is his. I'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, like what we're seeing here is we we just saw, you know, we saw a revelation that he was he he seemed to have a very, very, very good depth of knowledge, specifically on a Russian oligarch that he was trying to sell to a U.S. company. Well, where did that information come from? Is Hunter Biden just so damn good that he has all of this information about all of these uh, Russian oligarchs and their business interests and their networks and a lot of stuff that, you know, business people really try to keep under wraps because it's kind of the heart of how you make your money? Is Hunter Biden just that good? Or is it that Hunter Biden had access to classified information? Because I'm going to go with the crackhead son of the president was likely selling classified information that was stored in the garage, in the library, in the basement of the house he was renting and paying over, what was it, $600,000 a year in rent to Joe Biden that uh, happened to also align yeah. with how much he was being paid by the Chinese? Okay. So Joe Biden is stashing t in uh, top secret information at this house. Hunter Biden is paying him $600,000 a year for access to the information that's being dead dropped at this house. Hunter Biden then uses that information to go secure a bunch of corrupt, to go secure essentially a bunch of money through corrupt business dealings that he cuts the big guy in on, what was it, 20%? 10%. 10%? Yeah. That seems like a pretty good scam. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we impeached... Donald Trump twice on less. 
And the idea that Hunter Biden was doing any of this unilaterally is laughable. Hunter Biden was essentially the was being probably sent by the pres by the president, now president. Hunter Biden was being sent by Joe Biden with of this classified information to secure these business dealings and sending $600,000 a month back to Joe Biden through renting this house was how Hunter Biden was sending the 10% back to the big guy. Yeah. So mostly I feel like that deserves to be investigated at the very minimum because we can lay out what seems like a very reasonable pay for play scheme, just like Hillary Clinton was kind of running involving the president of the United States, his son, the, the intelligence community, and a bunch of these foreign businesses. Where are the, where are the Republicans with this? I mean, I don't know if they could do an investigation, but I feel like somebody should, you know, that if it was Trump's kids doing anything that seemed like this, they would be screaming for impeachment. Oh, well, well, hold, hold on, hold on just a second. How dare you make that accusation? How dare you, sir, uh, make the accusation that if it was Trump's kids, um, that that would happen? Because I have it on good authority from this audio clip right here that that's simply not true, Alan. This oh. comes from Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. Matt, I, I, I could fill up the next hour and a half of our program with sound from Fox News attacking Hunter Biden. And we should say that Hunter Biden has been under investigation by two administrations, led by two presidents and two attorneys general. And the same, I believe, prosecutor in Delaware has been running um, what is believed to be a criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. So, so the legal, the legal um, vulnerabilities that Hunter Biden may or may not have are very much um, under federal investigation. The political thing is the, is more opaque to me. And Hunter Biden is of, of singular obsessive. I mean, other than the big lie about losing in 2020, I don't know that there's anything more obsessive for Trump. Help me understand. I mean, I, I think that if people are being honest, not many people aren't touched by or not many people don't have some window into the disease of addiction, which has afflicted Hunter Biden at various points okay. in his life. Um, most people understand a president's kids are not um, they're not a president. They haven't stepped into the arena. And as I said, there is a massive years long federal investigation into whether any crimes have been committed by Hunter Biden. What is the political magic key in the rights view to Hunter Biden? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. So it's okay that Hunter Biden might be selling classified information to foreign assets because, gosh, the, the disease of addiction. But additionally, it, it's okay that he might be cutting Joe in on a giant money laundering scheme and selling classified information to foreign assets um, because, well, they're looking into it, guys. He's under investigation. Everything's fine. Don't well, Donald worry. Trump's under investigation. So is yeah. everything fucking okay? Don't worry. The, the experts are on the case. And if the experts haven't returned, aren't arresting Hunter Biden, then clearly he's innocent and there's nothing there. Yeah. So, so wait, the fact that there's multiple investigations, is that supposed to, is that supposed to suggest that Hunter Biden's innocent somehow? Multiple investigations being run by the Department of Justice that answers to Hunter Biden's father. 
Yeah. I'm a little suspicious of that. And oh, they know that I'm suspicious of that. Well, if the, Again, it's like if this was Trump, they wouldn't accept that answer. They would say, well, the DOJ is run by, you know, hunt by Donald Trump. And of course he's ordering them not to, like, find anything on these investigations. Well, at the same time, we also know that Joe Biden has a penchant for stopping investigations that might, in fact, might affect his son. That's Number one, let, let me go back into the past and remind all of you that Joe Biden specifically held up aid to Ukraine. You know, the thing that they tried to impeach Trump over. He held well, up wait, aid to glorious, free, freedom loving bastion of democracy and hope ukraine they were holding yes. up aid to ukraine my god what only a putin puppet would do such a thing yeah he was holding withholding money to glorious bastion of democracy ukraine um until they stopped the investigation into burisma where his oh. um where 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 his son was receiving eighty three thousand dollars a month is this the same Burisma that also sponsored the run that Z Zelensky's campaign for president? Oh, yeah, strangely enough, it absolutely is. Huh, all of this seems bizarrely connected. But is this yeah. the same Ukraine that all of these Democrats are lobbying the government to spend bazillions of dollars on? Yes. <laughs> is this the same Ukraine where all these companies like Pfizer and American pharmaceutical companies were running a bunch of labs, possibly doing illegal gain of function research? yeah <laughs> oh so that's the same ukraine too interesting wow like it's amazing is this the same ukraine that was the number one donor source for the hillary clinton foundation yes fascinating wow it's amazing how much ukraine these big pharmaceutical companies the u.s intelligence community and all these american politicians seem to somehow all be connected that's really crazy now you did make a you did ask a question and it's a good question which is what are like what are republicans even doing well they're doing something because there's a reaction that we already have That's this nice. comes from the washington free beacon and it was published on the first of february democrats are relying on a dark money group to stymie republican investigations into president joe biden and his son hunter the Congressional Integrity Project will provide the Biden White House and congressional Democrats with poll data, political ads, and opposition research on Republicans leading investigations into the Biden family, CNN reported. House Republicans have made clear their intention to investigate the Biden family's business dealings, the president's handling of classified documents, the border crisis, and federal mismanagement of the coronavirus relief program. Democrats' collusion with the Congressional Integrity Project contradicts party leaders' insistence that dark money has undue influence on Washington, D.C. For example, Representative Eric Swalwell, who took part in a press call with the Congressional Integr Integrity Project this week, lamented in 2018 that, quote, a flood of dark money is poisoning our democracy, letting deep-pocketed special interests prevent Congress from acting even on issues upon which we agree, end quote. Biden has asserted that, quote, dark money erodes public trust, end quote. The Congressional Integrity Project, which launched in 2020, does not disclose the identity of its donors, hmm. though tax filings show it receives virtually all of its money 
from the 1630 Fund, a left-wing group dubbed indisputable dubbed the indisputable heavyweight of democratic dark money. The 1630 Fund has given $1.5 million to the Congressional Integrity Project since 2020, according to tax forms detailed by the detailed by the Washington Examiner last year. The Congressional Integrity Project has reported that same amount in revenues, according to tax filings reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon. The 1630 Fund also does not disclose its donors, though some of its backers have gone public with their support of the group. The billionaire Democratic donor George Soros has disclosed contributions of $24,930,000 to the 1630 Fund in 2021 alone, according to the grants database. While the Congressional Integrity Project is opaque about its funding sources, it is transparent about its goal of undermining Republican investigations. Brad Woodhouse, a veteran Democratic strategist and senior advisor to the group, said last year they will, quote, exploit every tactic available to hinder Republican probes. Quote, it's not enough to wait and see what they're going to do and how far they're going to go. Woodhouse, who attended the White House meeting with a group of Democratic operatives in September, recently told CNN that the group's role is to go on offense against Republicans. The Congressional Integrity Project has released a litany of press releases and research points in recent weeks that paint Rep. Representatives James Comer and Jim Jordan as hypocrites on the issues on which they will investigate Biden. Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, is investigating Biden's family business dealings with a focus on Hunter Biden's activities in China. He's also investigating the federal government's coronavirus relief program, which reportedly dispersed billions of dollars in fraudulent federal loans. Jordan, who chairs the House Judiciary Committee, is turning his attention to the Biden administration's handling of the border crisis. He has also sought records from the Justice Department on Biden's handling of classified documents. An example of the Congressional Integrity Project's opposition research came this week in a hit piece on Comer. The group accused Comer of hypocrisy in his investigation of billions of dollars in fraudulent coronavirus relief payments because the congressman's brother received a $12,000 loan under the pandemic-era Paycheck Protection Program. While Comer's brother is not accused of misusing the loan, the Congressional Integrity Project claimed without evidence that Comer had padded his brother's pockets. While Republicans have scrutinized fraud in the Paycheck Protection Program, they have also said the program was needed because of government-mandated lockdowns of business during the pandemic. Fascinating. Yeah. So George Soros launched a whole lot of money into a project that seems to be really, really, really interested and are really interested in stopping any investigations of Joe Biden. But it gets worse. This is from March 26th of 2019 from The Hill. So this is a few years old now. U.S. Embassy pressed Ukraine to drop probe of George Soros group during 2016 election. This is from John Solomon, by the way. While the 2016 presidential race was raging in America, 
Ukrainian prosecutors ran into, ran into some unexpectedly strong headwinds as they pursued an investigation into the activities of a nonprofit in their homeland known as the Anti-Corruption Action Center, or ANT-AC. The focus of ANT-AC, whose youthful street activist family, family wore Ukraine Fuck Corruption t-shirts, was part of a larger probe by Ukraine's Prosecutor General's office into whether $4.4 million in U.S. funds to fight corruption inside the former Soviet Republic had been improperly diverted. The prosecutors soon would learn the resistance they faced was blowing directly from the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, where the Obama administration took the rare step of trying to press the Ukrainian government to back off its investigation of both the U.S. aid and the group. The investigation into the Anti-Corruption Action Center, based on the assistance they have received from the U.S., is similarly misplaced. Then Embassy uh, Charge d'Affaires, George Kent, wrote the prosecutor's office in April 2016 in a letter that had also argued U.S. officials had no concerns about how the U.S. aid had been spent. At the time, the nation's prosecutor general had just been fired under pressure from the United States and a permanent replacement had not been named. A few months later, Yuri Lutsenko, widely regarded as a hero in the West for spending two years in prison after fighting Russian aggression in his country, was named prosecutor general and invited to meet new, the new amba- U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch. Lutsenko uh. told me he was stunned when the ambassador gave me a list of people whom we should not prosecute. The list included a founder of the Ant-AC group and two members of parliament who vocally supported the group's anti-corruption reform agenda, according to a source directly familiar with the meeting. It turns out the group that Ukrainian law enforcement was probing was co-funded by the Obama administration and liberal mega-donor George Soros. And it was collaborating with the FBI agents investigating then-Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort's business activities with pro-Russian figures in Ukraine. The implied message to Ukraine's prosecutors was clear. Don't target Ante-C in the middle of an American presidential election in which Soros was backing Hillary Clinton to succeed another Soros favorite, Barack Obama, Ukrainian officials said. We ran right into the buzzsaw when we got, and we got bloodied, a senior Ukrainian official told me. Lutsenko suggested the embassy applied pressure because it did not want Americans to see who was being funded with its tax dollars. Quote, at the time, Ms. Ambassador thought our interviews of Ukrainian citizens of the Ukrainian civil ser- servants who were frequent visitors to the U.S. Embassy could cast a shadow on the, that anti-corruption policy, he said. State officials told me privately they wanted Ukraine prosecutors to back off Ant-AC because they feared the investigation was simply retribution for the group's high-profile efforts to force anti-corruption reforms inside Ukraine, some of which took authorities and prestige from the prosecutor general's office. But it was not unusual an unusual intervention, the officials acknowledged. We're not normally in the business of telling a country's police to force who they can and can't pursue, unless it involves an American citizen we think is wrongly accused, one official said. In the end, no action was taken against Ant-AC, and it it remains thriving today. Nonetheless, the antidote, or anecdote, I'm sorry, is taking on new significance. 
First, it conflicts with the State Department's official statement last week after Lutsenko first mentioned the do not prosecute list. The embassy responded that the claim was a fabrication and a sign of corruption that corruption is alive and well inside Ukraine. But Kent's letter unequivocally shows the embassy did press Ukrainian prosecutors to back off what normally would be considered an internal law enforcement matter inside a sovereign country. And more than half a dozen U.S. and Ukrainian sources confirmed to me that the Ant-AC case wasn't the only one in which American officials exerted pressure on Ukrainian investigators in 2016. When I asked state when I asked state to explain the letter and inclusion of the Soros connected names during the meeting, it demurred. Quote, as a general rule, we do not read out private diplomatic meetings. It responded, quote, Ambassador Yovanovitch represents the president of the United States in Ukraine and America stands behind her and her statements. Second, the anti-AC anecdote highlights a little-known fact that the pursuit of a foreign cor- of foreign corruption has resulted in an unusual alliance between the United States government and a political mega-donor. After the Obama Justice Department launched its Kleptocracy Asset Recovery Initiative a decade ago to prosecute corruption in other countries, the State Department, Justice Department, and FBI outsourced some of its work in Ukraine to groups funded by Soros. The Hungarian-American businessman is one of the largest donors to American liberal causes, a champion of U.S. kleptocracy crackdown, and a man with extensive business interests in Ukraine. One key U.S. partner was Ant AC, which received 59%, or $1 million, of its nearly $1.7 million budget since 2012 from U.S. budgets tied to state the State Department, and the Department of Justice, and nearly $290,000 from George Soros's International Renaissance Foundation, according to the group's donor disclosure records. The U.S.-Soros collaboration was visible in Kiev. Several senior departments of Justice, Department of Justice officials and FBI agents appeared in pictures as participants or attendees at Soros-sponsored events and conferences, One attendee was Karen Greenway, then FBI supervisor in charge of international fraud cases and one of the lead agents in the Manafort investigation in Ukraine. She attended multiple such events and won glowing praise praise in a social media post from Antacy's executive director. In one event during 2016, Greenway and Ambassador Yovanovitch participated along Antacy's executive director, Daria Kaliniuk, and Lutsenko, and Lutsenko was present. The message was clear. The embassy supported Aunt AC. Huh. That By sounds way, this, a lot like dark money in politics, if you ask me. That sounds an awful lot. It, it, I, I find it very interesting that um, the United States government launches an initiative, the kleptoc- this kleptocracy recovery initiative. Then they outsource all of the investigation to a non-government organization that's funded by a Democrat mega donor. Then that Democrat mega donors organization that he funds starts going after political opponents of the people that he wants to get into office. For example, Paul Manafort. Mm -hmm. For example, interestingly, a lot of people being investigated by anti-C in Ukraine suspiciously have conflicting business interests with George Soros. 
I mean, which is very interesting. I mean, if it sounds very kleptocratic, if you ask me. <laughs> Kleptographic? <laughs> Kleptocratic? Kleptocratic. That's probably the right terminology. <laughs> I mean, I know that that was a lot, right? And at the end of the day, not to, not to like, I'm not trying to be flippant about it, but like, let's just summarize. The Biden administration, the Democrat Party, and basically the liberal elite and the deep state are all fleecing money through Ukraine. We were saying this before the, the war in Ukraine. Yeah. We've been saying this for years. Ukraine is the, is the country where follow the money plays out. Right. If you follow the money, it all goes through Ukraine. And there's other countries as well. But this is exactly how it works. It is a giant money laundering operation. And now when, for whatever for whatever reason, the Department of Justice thought that they were going to get another good hit on Trump because they're terrified of Donald Trump running. They thought that they were going to get another hit on Trump and they tripped over Hunter Biden and they tripped over Joe Biden and they tripped over Joe Biden's brother. Because all of these people are getting money hand over fist. And it all seems to be coming out of Ukraine. And if you ever want to know why I get so frustrated over the nonsense of Ukraine worship, it's because years before this happened on this program, Alan and I both have done actually extensive coverage on the corruption in Ukraine. We did it even during the Trump administration. We talked about this. We talked about how it was a giant money laundering scheme. Right. It, it was where a bunch of U.S. politicians and corporate interests were able to work together to ensure that they could all operate outside the law. They're operating outside the laws and regulations of the United States, of the European Union. It was their corrupt little playground for the last decade. Yeah. Which also makes sense why they would go so heavily into sponsoring a coup against the um, against a president that was elected to stop all the corruption that was that wanted to align the country more closely with Russia. Right. I, I, I. I mean, it's there there should be no it should be no wonder why the united states government and the entire western world is so heavily out of the blue throwing all of its efforts behind keeping be, behind ukraine it's it would it was their corrupt little program and probably not just for us politicians but i'm sure for european politicians as well yeah. and european companies they were able to do exploit the post soviet ukrainian government get all of their sort of thing, their claws into it and they've just been running rampant in ukraine ever since having a probably a great time making a lot of money and now they see that under threat and that's probably why the entire western world at the drop of a hat is suddenly throwing all of its love care and support behind a country that most people never knew we cared about yeah yeah no i mean it's just Nobody in this audience that I'm aware of mm -hmm. obsesses over Ukraine, but there are so many conservatives who jumped on the bandwagon and it's like, yeah. what are you, are you stupid? 
Like, do, do you not have a television in your home? Do you not read the newspaper? Like, I feel like anyone who's even vaguely informed would have been like, why am I hearing about Ukraine again? Yeah. Isn't that the place where, like, where Hunter Biden was making a bunch of money? This is weird. Like, it's so... I don't want to get I, I don't want to get negative or depressing about it, but it is so hard sometimes when sure. you watch people get fall for it. When you watch people definitely. fall into it, I'm sorry. No, I, I think definitely. I, I I was personally surprised when I knew a bunch of people who were on the right who supported Trump that were now suddenly is like 100% pro-Ukrainian and we got to stop these Russians. Oh my God! And I just thought what. Did you miss the last six years? What's going on? Like the media, you're like, okay, so the media are liars that you that are that hate you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the Democrats are also liars that hate you. Yeah, completely. And those two people are super excited to support Ukraine. Yupperoo. Okay, so do you think supporting Ukraine is gonna be somehow in your interest? Absolutely. It's like, I don't understand how that mentality, well, I have theories on how that mentality flourished, but it was very surprising to see so many people essentially fall for it. And I think a lot of people coming out of COVID, like there was, I think a lot of people were very traumatized by the whole nonsense of COVID, not COVID the disease, but, but the summer of riots of Black Lives Matter of all of the, the recognition that, that basically there was no there's no underlying structure left to everything anymore that there was that people were lying to you from high up that there was social disorder in the streets in the country the 2020 ripped the mask off the united states and everyone could see the dysfunction at its core and i think a lot of people were very traumatized by that realization and then comes russia invading ukraine and i think a lot of people latched onto that because it felt solid. It felt real. It was like, well, 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 the Russians are the bad guys. Ukrainians are fighting for freedom. I can now just focus on that and it's fine. Like that's- We can come back this together. Is good. Yeah, we can come together. I, and I think a lot of people just weren't ready to be suspicious and skeptical and have yet another thing be proven to be nonsense. They're like, COVID was nonsense. This was all bullshit. And okay- you know what? I'm just going to believe what they say about Ukraine because I just can't anymore. Yeah, I, I, I want, I want so badly to not fight about politics with my Democrat family members, but we can both hold our hands over our hearts while praising Zelensky. Yeah, and it, it it's felt, so I can see how it felt good. It felt good to people. I'm supporting the underdog. There, it's not like inside the United States, so it's I, we, we could all come together. And I, I think people wanted that more than they cared about Ukraine. They just wanted something solid again. And it's so gross because this is it's sad. So obviously manufactured. Oh, like seriously, yeah. Zelensky, like the whole I'm gonna grow a beard and always wear olive drab, and I'm gonna look like you know Jason Bourne or you know what the hell ever. Like it's so Hollywood. Do you remember the the, the what was it? The Angel of Kiev, the Ghost of Kiev, Ghost of Kiev. Yeah. Do you remember? I remember early on in the war being shocked at these incredibly obvious ham-fisted attempts at propaganda. 
the, oh, ghost, the, ghost, of Kiev, the ghost of Kiev. I remember seeing in multiple days a picture of a bunch of dudes laying on the ground. It's like the brave Ukrainians have captured a bunch of Russians, and then the, like another picture. Actually, that was they were all Ukrainian. Snake Island. Remember oh, that yeah. whole nonsense where it was the brave Ukrainians said "f you Russian warship" and then they were all killed. And then the reality was, yeah, we never said that. And then we just sort of surrendered to this Russian warship. We were all treated fine, and then we were re returned to Ukraine like months later. Yeah. Do Do you remember how that came out though? Do you remember do. how that got disproven? Oh yeah, yeah. Like there were pictures of the guys, and people were like, "Wait a minute!" But pictures of the guys doing what? Uh, I forget now. They were getting awards from Zelensky. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We found out that all of these dudes were alive because Zelensky was giving them some like national hero award. And then the Western media had to like pretend like they didn't report that every single one of those dudes was killed on Snake Island by telling the Russian warship to F off. Oh, they're so tough. It's so lame. But it's I so remember I, I saw people promoting that story because, it oh, this is this heroism. It's this great, inspiring thing. And I think people really wanted that. They wanted something to be inspired by. They wanted something to feel positive about. And the media was right there, ready to give them all of these stories of brave Ukrainian heroism to fulfill that desire. God, and I think that's why so many people in the United States went so hard supporting ukraine a country they've never cared about before in their lives it's for like for nato a country a, a group they probably were calling war mongers and international terrorists back in the during the bush years it's so pathetic because it's like these people want world war three just so they don't have to pay attention to corruption within their own damn country I think that is, I think that's preferable. I think a lot of people look at World War III and really any major destabilization to the current world order where the U.S. is a sole superpower. Like, I think they look at that and it seems so incredible to think that that will ever change, that they feel they can recklessly promote World War III because, I mean, come on, it's not like it'll really happen. I've, I've had a surprising amount of people ask me, like, my assessment on how close to world war three we are and i've decided to kind of pull that thread a little bit with some people to kind of be like well what do you mean like why mm -hmm. why do you think we're getting close to world war three like what is it and interestingly all of the examples that i'm being given so there was a u.s air force general who sent out his estimation that we will likely be at war with china by 2025. he said that to the mm. force to the, yeah. to the United States Air Force. We will likely be at war with China by 2025. We also have basically everybody in the deep state and the globalist elite and everyone in media is basically saying that we should go to war with Russia. We should absolutely be in a hot war with Russia. So we have China, we have Russia. On top of that, you had those recent strikes from Israel hitting Iran and the U.S. CIA director was in Israel at the time, which means Iran, regardless if it's true or not, Iran's just going to go, oh, okay, so the U.S. was a part of this. Yeah. Cool. So we have Iran, we have Russia, we have China. Fantastic. So, like, what's uh, what's going on? Well, it seems an awful lot like, I mean, am, am I insane? 
I'm going to make this statement and Alan, you can talk about it a little bit, but I have to go grab coffee real quick. But uh, am I insane for suggesting that this looks an awful lot like the deep state will literally burn the world to the ground, then let its corruption be revealed? Because it looks an awful lot like these people want to start World War III so people will stop looking at what the hell they're doing. I think that there's at least some truth to that. Additionally, a lot of these people subscribe to this idea of the Great Reset, that there should be some big reset to worldwide economic systems, to worldwide political systems. A lot of these same Democrats that, and, that are so pro-NATO and pro-Ukraine and pro-NATO expansion all through Europe and anti-Russian. These are the same these same people are huge supporters of groups like the World Economic Forum who pushes this idea we need a great reset. We need social credit scores. We need ESG scores for all these companies. We need centralized control of people's lives. That is a facet that is this is the same between all of these people that support NATO and Ukraine, all these politicians and groups like the World Economic Forum. They all believe in this paradigm of total control that we need to foster control over human being, over our populations. We need to restrict freedom because that's the only way anybody can survive the coming age. Climate change, they all, I mean, and they all believe climate change is going to kill everybody unless we clamp down on personal ownership of cars and gas stoves. I yeah. I think that they are playing very fast and loose with this under the assumption that no one's going to start World War III. That, that Russia and China will be still have a long way to be pushed before they decide to doom themselves to nuclear retaliation. Because that's kind of the one thing underpinning all this that is the concept of mutually assured destruction. If Russia and or China actually goes to war with the United States everyone loses through a full nuclear exchange, which is basically where all of this essentially leads. My big worry, and this is my worry about th this, this recent balloon. My first thought looking at this, these, this balloon was, and this was when I heard, was heard hearing it reported there were multiple balloons, at least two over the United States, was what if this is the precursor to a full nuclear strike by China using hypersonic glide weapons that we've been hearing about from for at least the last decade? There is this big concern that China is developing something called a factional orbital bombardment nuclear weapon delivery system, which uses hypersonic missiles to essentially put nuclear weapons anywhere on the globe in a way that is almost undetectable or was undetectable by US early warning systems back in the mid 2000s. Currently, the United States is working on building this national, what is called the National uh, Space Defense Architecture, which would be this huge network of satellites that could detect these hypersonic factional orbital bombardment weapon systems, potentially, and shoot them down. That, however, is not yet operational. I think back to things like Pearl Harbor. The reason Pearl Harbor happened is because no one suspected that the technological advances in aircraft were capable of being a war-winning weapon. Right. Everyone was relying on the battleship as the primary weapon of naval warfare, and battleship against battleship was what was going to determine the war. 
there were technological advances that suddenly made Battleship the current generation of defense technologies obsolete and changed, totally shifted the balance of power, at least until the United States could catch up. It is not inconceivable that there could be a similar technological advance that could be deployed by one of our near-peer adversaries that is able to circumvent the defenses of the United States and render the mutually assured destruction doctrine moot. If, it, if China has developed a deployable hypersonic nuclear weapon delivery system that can circumvent United, United States early warning radars and missile defenses, China might feel, and Russia probably right on their heels in cooperation, could feel that the United States, if it is a big enough threat that before the United States can develop a response to protect itself against their hypersonic weaponry, that it is in their interest to launch a full nuclear first strike on the United States to knock out our ability to respond. If they did that, and the United States could not, like all of our missile silos get hit, when maybe we only have the, sub, the subs left, our nuclear deterrence is drastically impacted. And countries like China and Russia, in cooperation, could be looking at the United States and saying, if we have the capacity to obliterate their nuclear response in one go with a high degree of success, we have to take it because then they will be eliminated as an enemy for all time because we will now be the sole superpower in the, in the world. I don't know if that's going to happen, but if World War III does start, it would start with one country feeling like it has enough of an edge to eliminate the nuclear retaliatory capability of another nation. And when a nation, and if a nation like China gains that capability and feels that they are secure, that they can secure themselves from nuclear retaliation by the United States, then a hot war is imminently possible because the mutually assured destruction doctrine that has achieved peace through the cold war no longer applies and anything goes again well and the part that bothers me a lot is the way well first of all like i get actually this is going to this is going to feel a little disjointed but bear with me here because we talk about russia and china and like it's easy we look at them as being similar right they're adversarial nations whom we're not actually at war with um but we're damn close or seemingly it feels close sometimes right? it certainly feels like people in the u.s government are using the confrontation with especially with russia and china and are exacerbating for their own ends and that they right. are not working hard to reduce tension and i think that's very shocking is the idea that our own government would be actively increasing tension with these other countries seems like it's not a it seems like it's not a good plan for the future. I don't really know what the long-term strategy is with Russia and China, and that's a good question for policymakers. In 10 years, are we going to be friends with Russia and China or will we be worse enemies? There's only two ways that goes, and I don't understand, and I don't see our current policies reflecting any move toward becoming more cooperative with either one of those nations. Well, and it's an it's an interesting comparison because, well, I mean, let me just ask you a simple question: If this balloon were Russian, 
would it have been different? Probably not. You don't think so? You don't think that the reaction? Oh, oh yes. Oh, most definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I agree. Yeah. How, how, how do you think it would have been different? I think it would have immediately been shot down, and people would be screaming for war for retaliatory strikes against Russia. Okay, so they would have taken it as an act of war. Yes. Why not with China? Because they give China more credit. Because we, I think, because they have, I think, because China is more valuable to the United States. Whereas I think they, they view, I mean, what there's no value. Russia has no value to the United States anymore. We've cut ourselves off from them completely. Ch we, China is critical to the United States and China could economically devastate us if they made a couple changes. Like this is what I talk about with mutually assured destruction. China has leverage over the United States in a way that Russia does not. Now, by leverage, you know, you're talking about a lot of the trade and things like yeah, that. Yeah, trade and economics. And there's a bunch of businesses that work in China. It's like... China could very easily hurt the United States if they so wanted. Now, there were always references anytime Russia did something and they didn't feel like Trump was aggressive enough. There were always references to his potential business dealings sure. and the potential compromise. Is it okay for us to bring up the like tens of billions of dollars the Biden families received from Chinese companies? Yeah, I think that's a, when, I I think that is again worthy of it's it's a big scandal. Like this is the like I'm I'm I know I sound I might sound a little ridiculous to most people right now. No, you but don't. like huh? You don't sound ridiculous. It's it's it, it is just, shocking that there are this many connections between high profile people in the US government and China and that that is not deemed a problem. Well, well what I what I meant was like I'm pretending like we don't all know <laughs> what's going on here. Like, um, like, is it okay for us to also be upset over this? Like, what I mean is, is it's just, this is where I'm at right now. My brain is so fried over uh, trying, like, so fried over trying to make a rational case for how, like, our random Democrat friends somewhere can't look at this and go, Dude, seriously, if Trump did this, you'd be freaking out. You'd be screaming until your throat filled with blood. Like, if this was a Russian balloon, you'd be calling it an act of war. If a bunch of classified, like if in Mar-a-Lago, you know, you found classified documents and then Donald Jr. had a bunch of uh, emails on a laptop that appeared to be full of classified information to business associates, you'd be demanding an investigation and an impeachment. Can we not play same, same here? Because this, this is the funny part is like, yeah, I know Trump's running in 2024, but I know a lot of people are going to run in 2024 to include like Nikki Haley is, uh, you know, announcing that she's going to run for president and all of this other stuff. Right. Uh, the point I'm making here is like, we don't have to worry about a Republican bench. We have a Republican bench of candidates that are going to run against Joe Biden. Right. Mm -hmm. If I have to trade Trump to also get Joe Biden and a bunch of corrupt elites, I, I'm okay with that. I don't understand. 
I still win. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is the liberals can't say the same thing. Liberals want to get Trump on all of this stuff, but they keep having situations where we're finding everything that they're accusing the GOP of or Donald Trump or whatever. It's all happening with Joe Biden. All of it, literally all of it. Yeah. I, it was something like, and, and forgive me for not get, maybe getting the number wrong, but it was like $83 million has been given to the Biden family by people in China, by companies like CEFC, the Chinese Energy Coalition. Sure. That is owned by the, 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 um, the Chinese Communist Party. And then we have this situation where, like, it, I know it gets aggravating where it's, well, if it was Trump, but like, if it was Trump and it was a Russian balloon, the left would have, the, the, the problem is, is the media, the left and everybody else would be demanding investigations into it. And one of the problems that we have with the GOP is, I'm not making excuses for them. Do, do not misunderstand me on that, but I'm not making excuses for them, but they do not have the weaponization of the entire media like the left does. The left can reach every ignorant, uninformed American far easier than the right can. And so they can get the public seemingly outraged over something a lot easier and make it politically safe for them to decide to impeach a sitting president over some nonsense that they made up. That is not true. They can do that a lot better than the right wing can. And so it immediately handicaps the GOP. Because if this were Trump, if this were a Russian balloon, whatever, there would be impeachment demands. And there would be so much pressure that the GOP, even if it was in control of the House of Representatives like it is now, would go, yeah, okay, we should investigate. We're not going to get the same thing from the left. The left will always coalesce and they will always say, Republicans are stupid for wanting to look into this. Joe Biden's a goddamn hero. Yeah. And I don't feel like I, like, I, I just, I just don't know how I can debate this with like, you have to be so bad faith to argue with me on these points that it is inferior. Like I cannot live with these people. I can't live in the same country with people who tell me that Donald Trump's super corrupt and awful for X, Y, and Z. And I go, yeah, but Biden does X, Y, and Z plus A, B, and C. And they go, that's different. You're an idiot, stupid maggotard. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. That was, that was a whole rant. But I literally watched a Chinese asset drag itself across the entire continental United States. And like the Democrats are telling me that that's a good thing. They're telling me that's a win. Right. Yeah. And it is their, their foreign policy is relatively bizarre. If we're told China's this big threat, why are we not doing everything we can to distance ourselves from them? Why is there not this corresponding giant investment in U.S. industry or the industry even in Mexico so we don't have to rely on China? There seems to be this like say one thing and do another mentality which makes me very nervous because i can't rely on what people say i can't rely on what politicians say they say china's a big threat we're all worried about china china's expanding in the south china sea blah 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 but we're not allocating more carrier groups to to the pacific 
We're not building up missile defense sites and air bases around the Pacific to contain China. I, I don't see a corresponding effort and actions to, to respond to what they're telling me about China. I see it with Russia. We're adding all these countries to NATO to defend against Russia, even though Russia's weaker now than it was during the entire Cold War, and it was never necessary to add Finland. So that's very curious and strange to me. And so all of their actions seem very disjointed and schizophrenic. And that makes me nervous because it's hard to predict what they're actually, what the actual goals really are. Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like I try my best to be objective. Totally understand. Like, I don't like Joe Biden at all. I think he's corrupt as hell. I think he's selling America downstream for his own political and, and uh, monetary benefit. And I think he would gladly burn this country to the ground rather than, you know, have his corruption revealed and cede any sort of power. Mm -hmm. But at that same point, I do try to be objective when I analyze these things. And if anyone is truly concerned about government corruption, like all of these people claim they are when they go after Trump, we're just trying to, you know, we're just calling balls and strikes. We're just concerned about corruption, folks. It's so obvious here that this is corrupt. And it was made even worse by this entire situation with this Chinese Good morning. Oh, Sunday morning. Accidentally triggered something. But mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. And it's just the double standard is infuriating. Like, if you don't want me, like Republicans, I guess, if you don't want me losing faith entirely in the system and basically radicalizing to the idea that I need to be completely detached from this country as much as possible. If you want me to think that there is a good way to go forward as uh, as the America that currently exists, you are going to have to do some very heavy labor in convincing me that these people will be brought to justice. Because otherwise, exactly. like, what the hell's the point? Why the hell should, why should I vote for Donald Trump in 2024 or Ron DeSantis in 2024 or Nikki Haley in 2024? Why should I vote for them? So I can sit there and pretend like things are getting better while the corruption still happens, while the entire media attacks that candidate and basically destroys their chance of doing anything, while you and some of your like spineless representatives start their same old song and dance of, well, I don't like how mean they are on Twitter or whatever. Why? Why should I vote for any of you when it always seems like nothing ever happens? What is the GOP going to do? to convince me that bad things are going to happen to bad people. Or at least at a minimum convince me that when something as awful as a Chinese asset flying across the continental United States is going to have at least any ramification. Right. Any. And maybe they will. But I'm not holding out hope and that's what bugs me. I just, I feel like we don't have a contingent right now on our side that has the cojones to take care of this because they're more afraid about their poll numbers or even worse, they're just more afraid about not getting invited to cocktail parties. Exactly. Now, there will be political ramifications. People hearing about this is obviously good and we'll get the political ramifications and that is a great thing. 
I'm just talking about the justice ramifications. That's what I'm not holding out hope for. But we're going to have to actually close it out there. And thanks for listening to my end of the show rant on all of that. But that's going to have to be it. Don't forget to go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio. And for $2.99 a month, you can help sponsor the program and help us pay the bills. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. See you all next Sunday.